Um, today we were sitting after we've eaten our turkey and mashed potatoes and the stuff that the turkey was stuffed with. Um, my grandma made um, rice and then noodles in one turkey. And it was like, it was mind blowing. It was half of a turkey and that had both of the stuff. We were like, what is this? And it was good. It was really good. But the thing is, after we've done all that and we ate, we gathered together and we started um, from the youngest to the oldest saying what we were thankful for. And usually people said three things, and it was a family gathering. And um, one after the other, the first thing was gonna be the most important thing, second thing was the second important thing, and the third was, you know, your kind of last thing. Person after person, the first thing was salvation. I am thankful to God that he saved me. I am thankful to God. And it was said in different things. I'm, I'm thankful to God that he found me. I'm thankful to God that he showed me that I was a sinner and that he brought me into his church. I'm thankful to God for salvation. But that was number one. And these people were genuine. We weren't just going around the circle copying one another. I want to read to you a place in scripture. Uh, tells This place in the Bible tells the unbeliever the single most important piece of information that you can have as an unbeliever. What do I mean by unbeliever? Any person that has not accepted Christ into their heart, whether in church or outside of church, in a Christian family or not, we consider, the, God considers that a person who doesn't have faith in God, a person of unbelief. Once a person believes in God, he is a believer. The single most important piece of information, and I want to read it to you. Paul writes, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believe in vain. For I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the 12. And so the single most important, and Paul, this is what Paul says. He says, this information that I'm giving you right now is of the utmost importance. He says in verse 3, I deliver to you as of first importance this piece of information. This piece of information we now call the gospel, right? Because in verse 2 he says, um, uh, or verse 1 he says, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel and he goes on to, to tell us the gospel. But my question to us is, why is the gospel so important? Why does Paul say, okay, here's the gospel. He talks about Christ, how he lived, how he died, how he resurrected. But he says, this is, the, this is so important in your life, in my life, in our lives, that if you get this, you should be good in, in other spheres of your life. And we read of that in um, verse 2. It says, I make known to you the gospel by which also you are saved. So this gospel that Paul is talking about, it saves us. The gospel that Paul was preaching and the gospel that we preach today is able to save people who are outside of salvation. People who are in the church, visiting the church. People who are outside the church in the streets. People who are at our jobs. The gospel still has the power to save them. And the question to us is, what is the gospel? Paul sums it up in two verses, less than two verses. He says that Christ 
died for our sins. The first piece of the gospel is that Christ died for you. And Christ died for me. So, God, the triune God, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, sends God the Son to this earth, who is born of Virgin Mary, in Bethlehem, lives a perfect life, never once sins, and is hanging on the cross 33 and a half years later. Now, in order to die, you had to sin. That was the law of the Bible. You couldn't just die because death was the punishment for sin. And so a perfect, spotless Jesus Christ is hanging on the cross, never once having sinned. And that's why he's able to take the sins of the whole world upon him. And when he dies, he dies with every single person's sin on him. But he doesn't only die, it says in verse 4, and he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. This is the gospel. This is the single most important piece of information that an unbeliever can have. In fact, even that a believer can have because Paul is writing to believers. He says, this is what we are gathered here for. This is what we are thankful for. We are thankful that Christ saved us. And that is why if someone is here today and we uh, specifically made it a, a point to preach or talk about the gospel in a very short manner before we get to all this other stuff because we're gathered here for the sake of the gospel. We're gathered here because Christ brings us together in the church. We are united by Christ. If there was no Christ, if there was no death of Christ and no resurrection of Christ, we would not have been here. There would have been no fellowship, no church, no brothers and sisters in Christ, none of that. And more importantly, no eternity with Christ, no assurance of salvation. But because Christ died for our sins and resurrected on the third day, those who believe in Christ, those who give Christ their lives, submit their lives unto Christ and say, I, I ask for forgiveness, Lord. I did my own thing for however many years I lived, but I want to serve you now. Those people who have believed the gospel have eternal life. They're saved. And that's what verse 2 says. The gospel that is able to, be, to save people. Paul says in Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, Jew and Greek. Well, we're going to pray. And during this prayer, if you see that your um, relationship with God isn't a relationship that God wants you to have, and people feel that in their hearts, in their souls, pray to God. Ask Him for forgiveness. Thank Him that He died for your sins and that you could live a free life. And if you are already in the victory of Christ, thank God for that. Thank God for salvation. Thank God for his eternal gift in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Good evening, dear youth. Um, we're going to have a few minutes. If I can have a few minutes of your attention, we will pray. And then we will go into our um, unofficial part of this service, of this gathering. Uh, so I would appreciate um, undivided attention of yours. Thank you very much. And um, I'm glad to say that today I'm with uh, my wife Natasha. And as I was sitting here, I remembered that many years ago in the Pink House, 
for those of you who remember the pink house, it doesn't matter. There was a little house attached to the church where we had all the gatherings. And in one of the gatherings, long before I knew that Natasha is going to be my wife, um, we had some kind of celebration. I believe it was my birthday. Yeah, I think that was. And um, she uh, gave me a present. Um, I mean, I received a lot of presents that year. And one of the biggest presents was like a big, huge bag of gummy bears. Just because I mentioned that I love gummy bears sometime before, somebody gave me this huge bag of gummy bears I had for a while. Um, but I also received a gift from Natasha. And the time passed. I honestly haven't opened that notebook, or I don't even remember what it was. But there was something inside that notebook that I didn't even notice. And some time passed. She came up, or we were talking about it, uh, about something. And she asked if I received uh, the little card that she wrote. And that was the point when I realized that I'm in trouble. <laughs> Um, you know, we were plainly just friends, um, working together in, in the, in the ministry. Um, but still I didn't give enough attention to that note. Um, I wasn't thankful. I wasn't thankful enough for what I received, uh, to open it, to look through it and to appreciate it. So the topic today I apologized many times already, so we're good. <laughs> we're good here. Um, but the topic today is Thanksgiving. And I'd like to share a couple of thoughts before we go into um, all the fun things that we're going to do today. I'm sure a lot of you have been thinking, reading about Thanksgiving and, and being thankful and so on and so forth. And uh, Natasha is here to witness that. Um, for the past two days, I've been preparing for this. And I've prepared a PowerPoint, and, and I read through research how good for you it's to be thankful, and how many benefits you get from being thankful, and what kind of person you will become if you are ungrateful, and so on and so forth. And I had, had it all laid down, laid out and everything. Uh, but at the last moment, um, at the time when I had to leave the house today, Something happened. And um, now my PowerPoint is still good um, and everything. But something happened that got totally changed the way um, my thoughts went. And, and I knew that I had to speak on something else. Um, so what I would like to talk about is um, the source the source of everything in us. This morning, as I woke up, and many of you, I believe, woke up too, to all the emails and text messages and, and advertisement of the early Black Friday. Anyone received those? Early deals, you know, Verizon offered this, um, you know, Target and, and other stores offer some other things. And some of us already gave in to the temptation. I'm not going to make you raise your hand, you know, if you already bought something. It's totally your, you know, liberty to do that. And you're, um, you're free to do that. 
But it is a temptation. And today is a holiday. Today is a holy day. Supposed to be dedicated for God. For us to be thankful. Amen? Amen. And so, if I would ask you, are you a grateful person? But honestly, it doesn't really matter. Because the Bible says that there is no one who does good. Naturally, we are ungrateful. And I know that all of us are naturally ungrateful. Gratefulness is something you have to do intentionally. To be grateful takes someone intentionally uh, to be grateful. And um, if that's the case, if that's the case, how do I become a grateful person? What does it take to be grateful? But I think the core is even farther. It's not only about gratefulness. I think it's about uh, misplaced um, thirst that we have today. Because we're continually returning to the same source of happiness over and over, and we're not getting satisfied. We're continually returning to the same point and trying to satisfy us with the same things that did not give us satisfaction yesterday, the day before, and the year before. And we fail again and again. You know, the Bible says in Jeremiah 2.3, God is speaking to His people, to His people, chosen people, not someone outside, not Gentiles, not someone who never knew God, but he's speaking to his people. And these are the words, Jeremiah 2.13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. My dear friend, in my message today, and I believe this is a message that we do need to hear. The message today is, what is your cistern? What is the place where you go over and over to to satisfy your thirst? That's the first question. The second question, are you getting satisfied? Does that thing, does that practice... That company, that person, that relationship, do they satisfy you? Are they enough for your eternal soul? And you probably know the answer. And you probably know the answer that eternal soul desires eternal water. It desires a bigger source. It desires something more. When Jesus came, he was walking and he uh, stood at the well. He stood at the well and the woman came 
And when she came there, um, they had a conversation. And he looked into her heart. He looked right into her eyes and he saw the hunger. He knew the hunger. He knew it was there. It was, she was unsatisfied with five husbands, multiple relationships. She was, still, she was still unsatisfied. And he said to her these words, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, my friend. This is the word for you today. That the water that Jesus has for you and for me will become a spring of living water that springs into eternal life. My dear friends, I live in a flesh. Don't think that I'm, I don't have a halo. I hope I don't. Natasha, my wife, is here to witness that I, I, I fail over and over. I get carried away with different things, with hobbies and other things. But the Holy Spirit convicts me and brings me back to the same source. And I over and over prove the Bible. We over and over prove the Bible that those cisterns, they can't, cannot hold water. They cannot hold water. And they will, they, that they never will. So if, if we, if I want to make a change today, if I want my life to change from this point on, I have to make a choice. I have to make a choice. You see, the priorities in our culture are very shifted. And if we go with, with the culture, certainly we're going to fail. Certainly we're going to fail. I was just surprised to see the pattern, you know, after Thanksgiving, we have Black Friday, right? And then after Black Friday, we have what? Cyber Monday. And guess what we have after Cyber Monday? No, we have Giving Tuesday. And guess how we come to the Giving Tuesday? Like this. This is how we come to the Giving Tuesday and we say, Lord, I'm sorry, but I don't have anything to give you. I spend it all on that new phone or whatever it is. So the question is, where is my priority? My priority is in the same place where I have made my source of satisfaction. What can I do? What can you and I do today to change that? The Word of God and the call of Jesus is all of those, all of you who are thirsty, come to me. I have the living water. Cry out to God. Earnestly cry out to God. Like did Agar in the wilderness when her son was dying. 
She cried out to God and she said, Lord, help me because I am, I can't do anything. I cannot do anything in this wilderness. My son is going to die. And the story tells us, the Bible tells us, then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin in water and gave the lad a drink. My dear friend, my brother, my sister, it's a choice. There is always will be a choice. What are you going to choose today? Are you going to choose to die for your desires? Die for your flesh? And choose the well of life to be filled, to be alive? Or not? There's a choice. There's always a choice because always gives us a choice. So my friends, my call today is choose life. Choose the living spring who is Jesus Christ. Go to that source and be filled and never thirst again. Amen. Let's stand up and worship Him.